the show that dives into everything that society tells us not to do. It's time to forget all of your ideas of success and break free from restrictive social norms, starting with today's show. Join Elizabeth Houghton as she explores practical ways to find success on your own terms. Elizabeth is no stranger to being trapped by social norms, but she found his sudden full potential to motivate and mentor others to make a positive change in their life. Each episode, Elizabeth will sit down with trailblazing guests who created their own path to success. It's time to be inspired. You'll now be joined by your host, Elizabeth Houghton. Enjoy the show. Hi everyone, I hope you're all well and thank you so much for tuning back in to Finding Success on Your Own Terms. Today I am joined by Julia and James who are part of a small team of parents who have experienced firsthand the wacky and wonderful impacts a baby can have on a relationship. Like many new parents they recognise the need to help guide first time couples in preparing for the impact of a baby asteroid. They have worked alongside and under the guidance of health industry experts, parent groups and pregnant couples to make this concept a reality. Creating Humanity is the product of the hours spent devouring research, publications, articles and books. After multiple iterations, this team of parents have gone through, informed by tests with parents groups and gruelling testings on the public, they are proud to present a Melbourne-made product that new and expecting parents can enjoy. And in today's show, James and Julia are going to talk us through and share with us their journey as a group of parents creating a side hustle, how they've juggled family full-time jobs to be able to invest in their passion and create a product that all new and expecting parents can enjoy. James and Julia, do you want to start by kind of telling me how you came up with finding the time to do this amazing product that you have built together? James, how, <laughs> yeah, how have a... you carved out the time? Like you, you have a full-time job, you're a parent yourself, and you've managed to create this incredible business and product with two very close friends of yours. How... How have you managed to find the time to do that? Well, actually, I think it's because we are doing it together. If if anyone was to try and attempt it themselves, and I know that there's a lot of startups and companies that, that are just it's almost sole traders and they forge, I think that's amazing. Um, if, if it wasn't for us collaborating, you know, my wife is part of this as well, uh, and Julia, and then um, her husband, Simon. If... If we weren't able to kind of share the load, I think it would be it would be too much. So the day jobs that we have, and Julia and I, we work together, um, are pretty intense. And there'll be nights when um, maybe we have to work on our day jobs. Um, but the good thing is, at least there's someone else to pick up the slack, um, which is our partners. And so it just sort of evenly uh, spreads out. Yeah. And what's been, have you found any real challenges that have come to mind through this journey, James, that you kind of like today still are really raw in your mind of actually that was a really difficult moment? 
It's, I mean, for me, there's probably a level that I would, and a pace that I would like us to work at that the same way that we do in our day jobs. Um, and it always is in the back of my mind. Like we have a list of what we want to do um, and we can only kind of chip away probably at that top sort of 20%. There's a lot of nice to haves and like if only we had more time um, and it's a constant source of pain or frustration like of where I, we, we would love it to get there and to to take this on um, as full time and maybe one day we will I mean we've got plans on how this thing would grow significantly one day of course we would like to be super successful and then just take this on full time and complete the list but yeah it's it's an ongoing challenge and sometimes you just have to make peace with it we'll never get through it um, and we, we can just kind of do um our best with the time that we have um, and by sharing the load, we do get through a lot. And, you know, we're making, we're making some good grounds, uh, good headway that, um, in that instance, but we can definitely do more. And I guess two kind of tangible examples of, you know, instances where we've either been running to a finish line and the goalposts have changed. So for example, um, we have a stall at the upcoming baby and pregnancy um, expo, which was supposed to be scheduled for March. So we were guns blazing, trying really hard to get everything ready for that weekend. And then like many others, um, impacted by COVID, the expo has been pushed out. Um, and that's not just something unique to a, to a startup, of course, that could happen anywhere, but that's just a compounding issue on top of the day job, on top of the parenting, on top of all of that, that we just have to be prepared for and taking our stride. But that's still um, an example that's top of mind. And, and I guess the second struggle that we have is Whilst, yes, we have this tension internally around um, trying to move at pace, trying to, you know, get things done so we can see and feel progress, is when we do get to a point where we are actually progressing quickly, but we're beholden to a third party in some way. And, you know, it's, it's great that there are third parties that want to be involved with us and we have some really exciting partnerships just on the horizon, but their pace doesn't always match our pace and vice versa. And they're just things that are out of our control that we um, just have to live with. How have you gone about setting yourselves realistic goals? So both of you have shared like this real passion to kind of go full steam ahead. And the frustration seems very similar in you can't do it as quickly as you want to do it. But with all of those plates and balls you have up in the air, how are you been able to come together as a group and set realistic goals in terms of, you know, what steps are you going to take this week, this month, the next six months to turn your product into reality? I mean, I think we're, we're kind, we have to be kind to ourselves. Um, there is a bit of a reality check on the sort of the two, you know, the personalities that we have in our corporate life, you know, you know all guns blazing and just getting getting stuff done um and make driving huge impact at pace versus like what is achievable um when we're sort of doing this in after hours together while we're managing a family like you said um and so it's we could probably go through a process where we maybe negotiate like and it's even the case for um say this expo as an example is coming up brainstorming like uh, the world's best booth that you could ever um, hope to experience and uh, and then just whittling it down to, okay, are we really going to get there? What are the, what's logical? But um, and I think we always go through that process. We always shoot for um, 
something that like Steve Jobs and um, Bezos would be proud of, and maybe Elon, just to throw out all those all the names, uh, and then, and then just work backwards um, and to find something that is is going to work within our timeframes, within the capacity that we have, um, and make peace with it, knowing that every every development that we make is one step further to us getting more bandwidth, getting more traction. Um, and so that's that's how we do it. And I, and I think it's um, Bezos has the same theory, or at least Amazon, from what I understand, where they say sort of think big. Um, because if you don't start big, you're never going to get there. Um, and so that's, I think, just something we've been in the process. Um, but we just don't have the Amazon resources to necessarily execute at big. Um, but at least we're always in that headspace. And Amazon didn't have the resources either. That's a Hi, That's right. I think that's the thing that so many people forget when we're starting out in business, we look to all of these incredible brands and we forget that they literally did start in mum and dad's garage with $10 and they've turned into something <laughs> overnight. We just see the end product that we now see now and we forget the journey that they've gone on. I'm sure I read something that I could be slightly wrong on this. It took Amazon over 10 years to turn a profit. So it's, it's that as well of, yes, shoot big, dream big, but like you said, being kind to yourself along that journey. What has been the real tough moment? So I know COVID has had a massive impact on all of us and you've just shared that real example of you were shooting for a date to be able to go and talk to people and be in front of the right people for your product and that got shifted out. Has there been anything else that's been really challenging for you so far on this journey? Yes, there have been lots of things that have been challenging. Nothing's a showstopper. But, you know, there are so many problems we want to solve and there are so many potential solutions that we could go about and we have so many ideas, but trying to hone in and focus on one thing, be really tight about what it is that we're trying to do, be really tight around how we're going to measure whether or not we have done what we're aiming to do and discipline about when we think to sort of take the next step and whether the next step be an iteration of our existing product, whether it be a development to or an extension of, you know, being really clear about that because it's so easy to get caught up and just go, go, go as we already a theme in the five minutes that we've been speaking. And we, and we, we can't, we don't have the luxury. We don't have the headspace and it's an ongoing difficulty or an ongoing mm. challenge. It's not a, a point in time. And I think, you know, that's almost another outtake. We haven't, you know, we haven't, the four of us, come together and had huge fights. No, that doesn't exist. We haven't had issues such as that. We work well as a team and if tensions come up, we talk about it, but they're relatively rare. The, the challenges are almost ongoing issues that we're constantly battling, not point in time. Yeah, although I think um, maybe with respect to COVID and less less about maybe creating humanity, but the, at least the ecosystem we're operating with and, and all the plates, like you said, that we're trying to juggle, COVID is, um, we, we all work from home now. And I, I think what's, what's happened and how that has impacted us, at least definitely for Wei and I, my, my partner who's involved, is that because we're working from home, the boundary between work and life and uh, side hustle is really blurred. 
And so whereas you might have had a, a chance to um, separate yourself from like even traveling from the office to home and sort of using that moment to cut ties with that and say, I'm going to get home and be present with my family. And then I'm going to put them down and I'm going to be straight into the side hustle because that doesn't exist. It's, it's a bit hard. And so you spend much more time doing um, the day job and that becomes the night job. And probably you've got that. How do I make sure that I'm still spending time with my family and then giving enough time to creating humanity so that we can foster that growth as well. And I think that's maybe where COVID has played a little bit of an impact. And it's just something that, you know, like the cards prompt, you just have to kind of talk through and be honest about what's happening and, you know, then try and make a change. I was going to say it was a good point because we've tried a few methods recently around how we can sort of prioritize creating humanity. We've gone from just picking up organically, figuring out who does what based on our individual skill sets and based on what we need at that point in time to scheduling in set time slots in the week where we all come together and testing whether or not they're short periods and then we divide and conquer or whether or not we all come together for extended periods but less frequently to try and, I guess, establish a new rhythm in our newer, newer environment. And we're constantly sort of, yeah, testing to see what works best for us. Well, that's it, isn't it? It's a continued learning journey as you go through, you're going to learn more. It's what you were saying earlier, like it's, it's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. There's always going to be issues. There's always going to be problems, but we learn from every single one. I love what you said around kind of honing down and focusing on one thing to ensure you can deliver on that even though you have lots of ideas and lots of things you could be doing what strategies have you put in place to be able to do that there's so many people right now creating side hustles and who are in big like creating their own businesses already and they struggle with that it's something i struggle with i'm the standard entrepreneur with shiny object syndrome and it's like the next big thing <laughs> and off i've gone and i leave all of these projects behind me that are half done and and finished so how have you as a group of friends and partners come together and ensured that you can maintain that focus on getting out a product that is finished and that is complete before you move on to kind of the next step in your business? I mean, I, I, yeah, I, that's a good question. And I think even when it came to, if I, I will go right back to sort of product design at the start, there was a, an experiment on um, augmented reality and using that and embedding that within the product itself, uh, running some tests on it. And it's kind of, that's the shiny syndrome, entrepreneur syndrome, like this is next level. And it's about sort of balancing sort of your effort and reward and the impact that you're trying to drive. And the effort was going to be super, like super high. And it was going to be absolutely um, sexy and next level, but also the, the reward or the impact, um, at least through some of the testing, suggested that to, to bring it back to a QR code as a final driver into some further content um, and supporting information, was still going to be su su um, sufficient and the uplift in the experience is only marginal and eventually you've sort of got diminishing returns on how much effort you put in and you perhaps stray from what you're trying to achieve. And, and so I think it's just um, setting clear objectives, going above and beyond where you can, but just pulling it back to like, what are we, what's the outcome we're trying to do? Um, 
And then of course, balancing with the time that you have to execute. Having people though together, like I'm the same, there's a, I've got a, a graveyard of things that I've started and, um, and they keep growing like the side hustles of the side hustles and just kind of help it sort of explore. And I think just having it, having a team, having Julia, having Way, having Simon there, it kind of also helps keep you accountable you know, and I think we all just sort of make sure that we're delivering, but it's for each other um, because, and, and that way we're not, and I've got a habit of this, um, chasing the shiny objects um, and then not, not having someone reel me back in. Um, and I think that's what this team does. James is saying that he's, firstly, he's being a modest, not all of his great graveyard of ideas makes him sound like they all died. They haven't all died in a horrible ditch. But there's certainly a long list and, and I guess it's how we complement each other in some ways. James is an ideas man and the problem is he has so many really good ideas that it's actually it's sometimes hard not to get distracted by them. Sometimes they come out at the perfect time and they evolve what we're doing and it's amazing. Sometimes it's like, oh my goodness, James, stop. I'm reeling it all back in and way his wife is also very good at that. Whoa, 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 bring it back. Um, and we basically have a trade-off conversation. We're constantly doing that trading off. Is it worth the reward? Is it worth the cost? And usually we're all pretty logical. Um, we kind of, I think, normally land in the right spot. The outcome, I guess, being a, a backlog of future ideas that we try and be disciplined in parking and only getting to them when we think we've met the objectives of our current piece of work. And we haven't yet, and we've been at it for more than a year, and we're still learning and we still have a long way to go. Um, but, yeah, I don't even know if that answers the question. Oh, it does. It's perfect. You've <laughs> <laughs> for over a year, and you've got all of James's kind of parked ideas as long as well as you as a collective coming together. Mm. When you started out on this journey, when you had that great idea to come together as a group of friends, uh, partners and colleagues to build this incredible product, which we will talk about in a moment. Upon reflection, is there something that you would have loved to have known? Is there something that you would have loved a fellow side hustler to pull you to the side and say, hey guys, this you need to know this before you start your journey i think so julia and i um have been in kind of product development um and strategy kind of data at our core and, and marketing as well um so there's a lot of things that we'd um perhaps already anticipated but i think maybe what would have been good is and it's it's what we've spoken about before is some of the expectation setting I think it's very easy to kind of get caught up in the pace that we've come to expect in our day jobs and apply that initially to this business and say, that's kind of the pace we're going to get to. And that's the, we're going to hit this milestone, you know, next quarter or whatever. Um, and I think a fellow side hustler at the start might've been able to just have a look at it and be like, maybe quick reality check. Um, are you going to see your family ever? Um, are you really just going to stop uh, work uh, at your nine to five or are you you're going to be working, you know, overtime there? So how are you going to find the, find the time to hit those milestones? 
and I guess that's what we've spoken about and what we've come to appreciate. Um, and I think that knowing that earlier on probably would have helped us be a bit kinder to ourselves, um, like we've spoken about, which is where we're at now for sure. Um, and we're a bit more um, realistic in the goals that we set ourselves, in the tasks that we assign and, and distribute, but that would have been quite helpful. Mm. Do you feel the same, Julia, or is there something slightly different that you would have loved a side hustler to just kind of tell you the actual raw truth about what it is like to have a side hustle? Because we only ever really see the really good stuff on social media. Very few side hustlers talk about like that grind of how do you actually fit in everything? When do you spend time with your family? How do you manage doing overtime with your job? How do you still get your product out? Is there anything for you you would have loved to have been told, Julia? I would have loved to be told to basically to echo what James said, but slightly more blunt is you're probably going to miss the first few deadlines that you set. Accept it and move on and don't let that stop you. Probably one raw truth or outcome. Two, we were somewhat opportunistic, somewhat planned in the fact that we have a really good skill set amongst the four of us. So my husband, Simon's a nurse, that's useful from a clinical perspective. Um, Way has a finance background, and as James said, we come from sort of a strategy and product development. Somewhat opportunistically, because that's just who we've married and it's happy to be part of the group. But if they weren't, I think it's really important, unless you count on doing the whole thing yourself, and good on you, but I don't think I could have done that, having a team around you with the right skill sets sounds like a no-brainer, but it doesn't always happen that way or it's not always top of mind. If the four of us weren't in it, we, I just don't, yeah, I don't think we would have been where we are now. And to actively think about that early on is really, really important. And it doesn't mean they have to be full-time team members, but, you know, you need to set up a business plan. If you can't do it, who can help you? You need to think about where your stream of revenues are going to come from and how you're going to finance your upfront costs. That's not you. Mm. Where does that come from? Et cetera, et cetera. I think, yeah, being planned around that up front is really, really important. And I, I think that's key, and isn't it? Like business owners or side hustlers go into it thinking they can do everything and they take they pretty much want to eat the whole cake themselves. Yeah. And as a fellow business owner, that is not possible. Like you don't not go possible. into your skill sets are different, right? Like for me, I didn't go into my business because I want to do my bookkeeping. I'm terrible at bookkeeping. So someone else does that for me. But having the courage to actually reach out to your network and say, hey, I'm doing this. These are all the things that are not my bag. Can someone help? That can actually be really hard some days. Absolutely. Mm. And accepting that you don't have control over what is potentially your baby or has been your baby for so long. Um, and you're showing a little bit of vulnerability sometimes. But I guess one way around it is also sitting down with the person that's working with you, that's coaching you, that's supporting you and being really open to learning so that next time around, maybe you can do part of it yourself or at least be more versed in whatever it is that, you, that you're at the stage of doing. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something that we, um, I mean, even in our day jobs, that's what we try and do. We try and, there's a few things there. We try and break some of the myopic thinking that you have as a business owner. Um, and so outside of this, this product is to say, maybe you, you know, this is how your business operates today, but look at the world around you and like what are customers' expectations and what are the other things that you might use as inspiration? And if you just keep in a really siloed kind of mindset, you, you probably won't be as innovative as you need to be. And so 
you know, it's so easy to buy and just like, well, look at your baby as the product and be like, oh my God, isn't it so cute? But <laughs> how do you know that it's not a baby that only a mother could love, you know? You've got to start showing it around, getting people to hold it and then look at their face and be like, do you really like it? What could be improved? All right, get the blusher. We're gonna, we're gonna kind of make this thing a bit better. I don't know if that, that got away from it's you. Outfit. Maybe it's outfit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe outfit, yeah, that, that's a bit nicer. Um, and then the, I suppose the other thing is then the skill sets, like a big part of this and, and what appeals outside of the fact we believe wholeheartedly in this product um, and we get a lot from it is that we do get to branch out into things that we sometimes otherwise wouldn't. To so my wife being sort of a tax manager, as you can imagine kind of what that day looks like, amazing for some people. Um, but now she kind of gets to broaden her skill set, and, you know, we're looking at all kinds of things like um, into procurement, um, into marketing, Running our social writing. media accounts. Yeah, which she loves. And it's, it's good because it's, it diversifies. And, and from a personal and sort of development perspective, from a career development perspective, that's really rewarding. We have kind of talked around what creating humanity is. We've dropped a few kind of hints in there around being cards and having QR codes, but we haven't actually spoken about what it all is, what it is that you have come together to create. And I did that purposely because I know you are both so passionate. So we will be talking for hours about your products. And I wanted to get through kind of that side hustle journey you'd been on because that is a huge part of what will make your product successful. All those things you've had to overcome and will continue to work through. Tell me, where did the inspiration come from for creating humanity? So this started out of some research that was commissioned um, through the company that Julie and I work, work for. Um, and it was on pregnant couples and their experience. Um, and it went beyond just kind of maybe a clinical uh, experience and sort of how these things are funded, um, but just about them and how, the, how do they feel about it all. And bubbling out of that research um, was a few pain points like there's information overload in pregnant couples, but most of the information is for the, the woman and there's little to no information for uh, the partner and there's little uh, information or support for the couple themselves. And there was a workshop and I remember, I think Julia sort of set it up and there was a little post-it note that went into a parking lot and it said, um, what about some conversation cards? They'd been used in, a, in the context of marketing in the past and but it wasn't a priority, you know, that wasn't kind of the core reason we were there. And I just, I don't know, we just kind of looked at that and I just thought that could be something big. Um, and not conversation cards as they're usually known, not something that people would look at, touch and feel and be like, this is going straight in the recycling bin. Like, how could we make that something Bezos would be proud of? And so took it off the board and said, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to run with this. Let me have a little play and got some license to, and a little bit of budget to develop a few prototypes, get out there and do further customer testing, um, do some of the guerrilla research that you might need with some um, AB testing, some, some different packs, some different brands, some questions, the AR, augmented reality codes to find something that worked and then prove that customers found value in it such that they would pay for it. But it wasn't something that the, the business was, like I said, it wasn't a priority. And so uh, in the end, asked for permission to take it uh, outside of the company um, and went on kind of a risk register um, that was all above board. 
and then you know asked Julia, would you would you join us in this new venture? Because she was as passionate as I was about it, and really was right there at the forefront of that research. And so together we kind of do better. And on top of that, I was pregnant at the time, so it was a very real live experience. Way James's wife was also pregnant at the time, so we were we were our we were the audience that we were targeting. And there was nothing better than a lived experience, both from us as the pregnant people, but also our partners. So we had real life first example experience of where the gaps were and how we thought we could better be served essentially as customers or people taking going through the journey. And what was that experience? So both couples come together to create this highest hustle. You are both expecting children and you are the lived experience so you are actually your ideal customers what were those challenges through that experience without your product how about i kick this one off james um Please, yeah. <laughs> so my personal experience my husband's as well who wasn't who is a nurse is that i was so hungry for information particularly early on, I was information seeking. I was the person reading the books. I was the person Googling and trying to find things out. And my number one problem was, I actually don't know what I don't know. I don't know what to Google. I can read a hundred general parenting books. I don't really know the answers to the questions that, I don't know what questions to ask because I haven't been here before. And other than the standard questions, the generic questions, uh, get the room prepared, okay, well, that's a lot for me. That was a logical process. I know I want to know more. I've got the headspace. I've got some time. I'm excited. Where do I go? Who do I turn to? Who can I trust? And for my husband, he was super keen, potentially more involved than the general partner. I'm not sure I'm stereotyping a little bit, but had an additional, I don't know, urge to be involved and struggled to figure out how. He was very attentive, as many nurses are, and he's very caring. But what could he tangibly do? And trying to find the answer to that question is actually, it was it was hard. Um, mm. And we're a good team and we wanted to, to learn together. We wanted to, um, yeah, I guess like James has said multiple times, we're stronger together and it's true for the relationship of expecting couples as well and then, future parents you are stronger when you're together but what is it that can bring you together and how and and what does it in an engaging way so that it's not a chore we um a really yeah. quick side point james and then i'll pass over to you was one of our early iterations um before simon my husband really got involved um was you know a, a series of questions and a curated conversation which is where this ends up that i sat down to do with him and um, it's our, final pro our final product has progressed from there because his feedback, which was another great reason why, as to why we, you know, it was good to test it live, was, whew, I'm more excited, I I'm more exhausted at the end of this conversation than I was in the beginning. I'm actually slightly more anxious than I was at the beginning of this conversation. So mm, I probably haven't had the desired, you know, our desired experience. That's not the outcome we were going for. So it helped us um, test in the minute and then change tact. Okay, how do we make this more fun? How do we work pauses into it so that people can have these conversations over time? How do we, you know, 
what's the balance between fundamental, really important, but sometimes tense conversations that we think there's so much value in having up, up front. But what's the balance between that and some lighthearted, fun conversations where you learn something about each other or humorous conversations so that you actually have enough energy and emotional energy to keep going with some of the more tense conversations? Um, and that's something that it took us months to get right. But that's, I guess, one of the important um, attributes of the product is that it's not just a series of random questions. It really is a curated journey that it's quite deliberate. And why is that curated journey that you have created through this selection of cards you've carefully crafted and put together so important for couples to use and go through that pregnancy journey? Why are these curated conversations the ones that couples should be having together? Well, I think it's um, it starts maybe back at why. It's that... There, there was often a distance felt between the partner and the pregnant person because a lot of the conversation is around the baby. A lot of the conversation is around the mother. And that's all completely logical, but now you've kind of stuck a bit of a wedge, albeit kind of rounded, between uh, the mother and the partner. And the strength of that relationship is crucial um, because all of these things in the lead up are, are well and good, but once that baby comes out, the, everyone's sort of, uh, I suppose, overall happiness and, and how that baby is going to thrive is a big part of that. It's going to be the strength on that relationship. And so how can we connect them in a really meaningful way? Um, and that, that's what we, we kind of do. And the curated questions, are, we had really open, honest feedback from some mother's groups. And it was kind of a, what are things, what are conversations you wish you had with your partner um, before you had to, the baby. Um, so a lot of people looking back at that hindsight's 2020 to, um, to validate, I guess, some of what we've got and even give us some really great ideas on what content needs to be there because that's, a, that's not the kind of thing you're going to usually see um, when you Google, hey, I'm pregnant, what do I do? It's always about the mum, always about the baby. So it, it's, it's absolutely vital. So you mentioned mother's groups there and your product is about ensuring as a couple you go through the journey and by using i feel mother's groups 100 do have a place because they create a community for the mum um for before the pregnancy and after pregnancy and they can discuss what's going on but do you feel in some ways the support that is there automatically excludes the partner from that conversation, given like the current environment that we're in? Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for sure. And that's, and that's why this whole, the whole design is to try and bring the partner a lot closer um, and be part of the experience uh, and to help, you know, foster that connection that is sometimes lost. I mean, we talk about um, even in, in the deck itself, um, but you'll see this, um, perhaps the research is a loss of identity from the mother, um, which makes sense as well. But there's a loss of identity in that relationship. Like it, it undergoes such a substantial change and the partner um, is gonna feel that disconnect. And so the mechanisms we have in place like mother's groups um, almost exacerbate it, I guess, to your, to your point. Um, as crucial as they are, 
as a support network and, 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 and they're so highly valuable. How can we make sure that the partner isn't lost? And I guess, you know what, I mean, yeah, I mean, for personal experience, I've, I've felt that, you know, for sure. Um, not just that there's a mother's group, but everything changes so significantly when you, when you have that child and, and the focus is less now on you and your partner and kind of like Netflix and going out and having dinner and things like that. And now it's on like, how much sleep did you get? And um, I got this one, let me change this nappy and we're out of nappies. And it's just the dynamic changes in it. And if you're not prepared for it, yeah, I mean, it can kind of, it can kind of sting a little, it takes a little while to, um, to adjust, but we, we're looking to, to curb that. And externally also with that pregnancy journey, friends and family, the focus becomes on the pregnant partner and all about how is she doing? How's her journey? And as the partner to that, you're taking out of those conversations. Like people aren't asking you, how are you going, James? They're more concerned about how is your partner going? And then when the baby comes along, that focus shifts again away from the mother, probably further away from the partner to how's the baby? How do your cards and how does your product support parents to be ready for those external changes in terms of conversation and focus, but also the change in the relationship as the couple? So I think that really comes to the core of what the cards do which is in some instances explicitly ask the questions, are you, are you prepared for the changes that this relationship is going to go through? Are there things that we do now that are really important to you that you want to somehow find a way to keep doing post-baby arrival of the baby, for example, that's a question. Um, okay, let's identify what they are. Have you even, maybe you've never even thought about that before. And then let's try really hard to narrow in on something and commit to once the baby arrives, this is what we're going to do for us. Similarly to the business, you have to be kind to yourselves because it's all well and good to have a plan and we try and call it out in the cards. It's a conversation. Um, you equip yourselves with some more information, but that doesn't mean that your answer to the question now is going to be the same as your answer to the question in three months' time because you learn more, you understand more, and that's okay. But perhaps the conversation that you're having in the three months time is in a better context because it's not the first time that you're having it. It's less stressful. Plus you potentially have a baby crying behind you and your world's been tipped upside down. Hopefully your baby's laughing, but who knows? Um, and um, I, I guess that's, that's part of it. The other thing I just wanted to raise, it's slightly off topic, but I, I just want to make sure we, we get it in there, which is, Yes, we spoke to mothers' groups. We spoke to an equal amount of partners who provided really interesting insight and are, in fact, as we've learned throughout this journey, almost a really big seg seg segment of our um, target audience. We've almost had more sales to partners than we have to pregnant people themselves, either as a gift, often as a gift, that's worked really well, but it's so interesting because that, what that highlights to us is that partners do want to be involved. Once again, as you brought up, Elizabeth, they're just often overlooked. And it happens before the birth and it happens post-birth. So we, we guess there's an education piece in this as well. 
Um, and, you know, just a gentle reminder that they're there as a support person, but also as a really active person, as a parent. So they, they can play a bigger role if you create the space and open up the conversation to them to get involved. To finish off, it's been absolutely wonderful talking to both of you and hearing about your products and what you were trying to do. What is the big vision? So we've kind of talked about where it's at right now, the process of creating it, why you created it, but what is that big vision that we spoke about earlier in terms of side hustles? What is the big vision for your product? Like, what do you want it to achieve? I'm trying to think of which big vision. Well, there's the big vision and then there's the outcome that we might be shooting for. Go for it, share both. Yeah? Yep. All right, do you want to go, Julia? Uh, okay, look, ultimately we want to strengthen the relationships between couples so that stronger couples create stronger, healthier, happier couples make stronger, healthier, happier babies. That's what, that's what we're shooting for. We're a little bit hesitant to say it because we don't want the focus, the, the focus of the cards to be taken wrong, but essentially one of the clinical problems that this is grounded in is that stress post-baby, whether it's postnatal depression, anxiety, or, or even just questioning yourself, doubting yourself as a mother, as a father, as a parent, as a whatever, whatever your role in is really high. And it can be really damaging to individuals and to the relationship and the family unit. There are lots of stats out there. You know, one in four women suffer from postnatal depression and that doesn't include sort of baby blues. So we think it's even higher than that. I think it's one in seven or one in eight partners or often, often fathers. Um, so we know that the reach and impact of that problem is really high. This, this tool isn't about tackling mental health head on. It's about opening up a conversation so that you're equipped with the tool if you do find yourselves in those situations. We're not clinicians. Simon's a, Simon's a nurse and we're not recreating content because so much quality content exists out there right now. The problem is getting people to engage with it. So we see ourselves as the connector and hopefully we, we come across in a really customer-friendly and engaging way that people want to, want to use um, or play with our deck of cards and in doing so feel supported and connected. And ultimately, if we could reduce or even have a small impact in the, the statistics, I mean, we're talking really end goal here, we're going, we're shooting for the stars, but those statistics around stress and anxiety post-birth, we would be... Um, you know, very happy. Um, and yeah, I guess mm -hmm. that's what we're shooting for. We used to, Elizabeth, when we spoke earlier, you know, uh, we spoke about our goal of getting a copy of these cards one way or another, whether or not people pay, whether or not it's an opportunity to partner with big providers, hospitals, governments, but that every pregnant couple had a deck of these cards because it was proven that they were able to strengthen the relationship and had really great health outcomes. That, you know, yeah. that's kind of the goal. That's yeah. an incredible goal to have. James, from your side. I suppose the way that we've got this designed, um, yeah, we've got this great sort of vision to help people, but we want this to be, to start off being a staple at baby showers, at the announcement of your friend's birth, that you're like, great, let me get you this, uh, and a bottle of non-alcoholic wine. 
this needs to, the value needs to be seen from our end users and it is, but we, the feedback we get is honestly, it's heartwarming. Like we know we're making a difference and we kind of need that to eventually flourish so that this is just what you buy when you hear somebody's pregnant. And yes, subsequent to that, it would be just too hard to ignore for bigger distribution like government um, to see this, this is kind of where they need to back and how they can connect people up with this, this valued ecosystem of, of tools and services. And there's, I mean, there's bigger visions. We've, we've got designs on, um, I won't kind of disclose it here because this is kind of the, this is the very far reaching, but it's going above and beyond um, just this point in time um, and even just the relationship, but looking at kind of um, preparing um, to have a baby even before you're pregnant. And then of course, once you're pregnant and then like the first thousand days after you have your baby, which is, which is crucial. Um, and a few designs on what that would look like and how we would be supporting those couples. And so that goes beyond this initial deck, but this we're starting at where we think is most crucial. Closing remarks from both of you. What's your one liner you want to leave the audience with today? Be kind to yourself, whether you're a startup um, and you're juggling family and, and your, you know, and your day job, be kind to yourself, whether you are a, a couple and you've just had a baby or you're, you're pregnant and things are changing and the relationship is changing, be kind to yourself. But then also, I suppose, as a startup, think big, uh, always think big um, because everyone else around you is going to and everyone's trying to one up each other. Um, so never lose, never lose sight of that. But of course, be kind to yourself and don't, don't operate outside your means. Okay, my one liner would be, don't forget the power of a team. You are stronger together. And that rings true for our team, both in our day jobs. As James said, we work together in our day jobs as well. Um, we're creating humanity. You know, we are so much stronger and more efficient together. And then in your relationship, you know, you are stronger together. So work at it and don't just take it for granted. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you both today. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your side hustle journey and talking us through what your passion and your hope is for this incredible product you have created together. And just those closing remarks again, be kind to yourself, think big, and don't forget the power of a team. If you would like to know more about what this incredible group of people have come together to create, all of their links to their social and website are in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Finding Success on Your Own Terms. Don't miss out on new episodes released every Wednesday. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to Finding Success on Your Own Terms on Apple Podcasts. To stay tuned for upcoming episodes, projects and news, follow Elizabeth Houghton on Instagram at Southern Full Potential and connect with her on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Elizabeth Coach. Discover your full potential and find out more about how you can change your life today at southernfullpotential.com.